the questions that you might be embarrassed to ask. That is my job today to ask for you. This is Seven Figures Smart Money Strategies for Women. I am Sandy Waters. Thank you for being here again this week. If you're new to the podcast, well, grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, depending on when you're listening. We're happy to have you. Hopefully, you will be able to take away little nuggets of financial knowledge that will make you feel more comfortable and confident about your financial future. That's the goal of the podcast. Each week, we invite in successful, financially savvy people to help us get a better understanding of what we should be doing with our money, how to save more of it, how to make it grow faster, how not to get scammed. And sometimes the conversation about money feels intimidating because we don't feel like we can confidently speak the money language. So this week, we cash in with our expert, Pam Rickey, controller, director at Family First Credit Union. I have been dying to get you on the podcast, not only because you really know your stuff, but you explain it in a way that's easy to understand. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. You know, it's so funny. I overheard a conversation last week. Grown adults now, we're talking fellow coworkers, having the discussion about interest rate on a loan, APR, What's the difference? What does it mean? Is it if your APR is 4%, is that each month? Is that over the year, course of the year? And at this point, they were all like, we should know this by now. But a lot of us don't know. And we're too scared to ask because everybody assumes that we do know. So that's why I invited you in today. If you could give us really the basics of all of this, the stuff that everybody assumes we know, but Mm -hmm. we might not. well, let's start with that question that they were debating. Okay, so an interest rate on the loan is what you will pay to borrow that money. So that's that's just what it is. It is the interest rate you will pay. Now, when you talk about APR, annual percentage rate, if you invest in, say, a certificate, right? Okay. And it's 4% on $10,000, you will earn 4% over a year. So if you take the $10,000 times the 4%, the dollar amount you get, you divide over 12 months. So you're not going to get that in the first month, right? You're going to get that over the course of the year. Okay. Interest rate on your loan is what you will pay. Okay. You're going to pay for a credit card. If it's 10%, you're going to pay that 10%, you're going to pay 10% of that in the month. These are things that we don't. And this is how we get into credit card trouble, credit card debt, because we don't have a good understanding. Absolutely. On average, credit cards tend to be what as a as a percentage? I mean, it varies, doesn't it? All over the place. Varies. Um, There are uh, credit cards that can be, you know, nine percent. But the the bank, you know, the high um, the department store credit cards and so forth, they can be, you know, eighteen percent. So you have to really watch what the rate is. The most important thing is when you're getting a credit card, think about how you're going to use it, okay? If you're going to use it and hold a balance, you know, if you need to borrow money and you have no other way to do it, you need to look for the lowest rate, okay? Okay. Credit cards have all kinds of different features to them now, Um you know, you get points or you get cash back or, you know, just all these different things. To lure you in. To lure you in, right? But if you're somebody who's going to hold a balance, the most important thing you can do is look for the lowest rate possible, okay? 
if you are somebody who has the ability to use that charge card every month, right, mm-hmm. and pay it off at the end of the month, then you want to earn points or cash back. All right, so you're looking for those perks. You're then. looking for okay. those perks. But the credit cards, if you do not have a good credit score, your option is kind your of limited, will be right? Limited to what they'll, yeah, to what they'll do for you. Because a lot of them are, probably most credit cards now are, um, they're variable rate, meaning the rate can change when prime rate changes. You know, you hear about the the prime rate mm-hmm. changing. When that changes, credit card rates will change and they'll increase with prime or decrease with the prime rate. So that's another thing to consider. Okay, so they're, the majority of them are going to be variable rate. But they're also, there's another factor and that is your credit score can impact the rate that you're going to pay on your credit card. Okay. So, so if you're you struggling, could, so it's really exactly. hard to... So if you got you know. somebody with a real high credit score, they could get a credit card at 9%, but somebody with a low credit score might get 15%. So there's lots of diff- different factors to think about when you're getting a card. And it's almost like a supply and demand mentality where the credit card company knows that you need us Abs- more than we need you, yeah. so therefore we're going to jack up the, the rate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have good credit, you're going to get tons and tons of offers. And if you're somebody who uses your credit card and makes your minimum payment, they like that too, because that's the other problem. If you're only paying that minimum payment, when you get your credit card bill, it says how much you owe. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's usually a small amount, $25, $55 based on um, their calculation of your balance. And then on on your statement, it will say how many years it will take you to pay off that credit card if you only make that minimum payment. And nobody really looks at that, nope. even though that's, because that's a mandate now. Yes, How many years ago was that? Was that five years yeah, it was, ago? Mm, probably around there, yep, yep. But do you find that people are looking at that and really digesting those numbers? You know, you have you have like a line down the middle. We have people that pay off their credit card religiously every month, mm-hmm. and then the people who don't have the funds to do that, I don't think they pay attention to it. I think that's how they kind of get into those those issues yeah. with credit card balances. You know, they're not paying attention to that. So you have some people who are very savvy and get it, and then other people just, they don't pay attention. Or it'll, they're stress, the ones, it'll add stress. Yeah, if they, maybe, yeah, maybe that's it too. Because they feel like they, they don't have they a choice. Yep, they know they can't pay it off. So there's a lot of things to look at when you're getting a credit card. Another thing is an annual fee. Some cards charge an annual fee. If you go to um, your local credit union, um, you could say it. If you go to Family if you First, you go to Family First. Yeah, uh, we do not have annual fees on our credit cards. We also do not charge a fee to transfer a balance. So if you have a high rate credit card mm-hmm. um, and you want to transfer your balance to our card with a much lower rate, we do not charge a fee. Most institutions will charge you a fee. Okay. So those are things to look for. You know, is now, there an annual fee? Is there a balance transfer fee? Now, honestly, Pam, and I know you are, you know, the sponsor of the Seven Figures podcast. We've worked together so much, but this is not really like I didn't invite you in because, hey, let's do a sales pitch to everybody. It really is all about the member. I mean, you really do. I've watched it. You really do help people and try to help people in an honest way. That's why um, I thought you would be the perfect fit for this, because I really do want straightforward, honest answers. Like, how do you offer, okay, so your pinnacle checking earns you one of the highest 
rates in Monroe County. Yep. How? Where do you guys come up with that? Well, let me just say, okay, I've been in the credit union industry 34 years now. I believe in the difference that credit unions can make in your life. I really do. I, I've been through, I've sat through and, I, and I've run these meetings where we set rates. Um, you know, we are looking for the members' best interests. First of all, let me just say, you know, we're in the credit union has to be a good steward of our members' money. So we have to be fair to all our members. You know, we have some members who have high balances, but we have some members who, you know, count on us for their everyday living. You know, they don't have a lot of deposits with us or they don't have a lot of money. You know, they're living paycheck to paycheck. So we have to think about everybody when mm-hmm. we're setting our rates. Um, it's important that we balance our rates, okay? So we can't have our deposits we can't say, well, we want to, you know, we want to give our members the best rates on every product they have. Our checking, our save, our savings account, our CDs, everything they could have. But on the other side, we don't want to charge them a lot on their loans either, so we're going to have the lowest rates. We so we have to balance that. You know, we have to make sure that we are pricing the money fairly for our members. So we're giving good rates and not ex- not charging exorbitant rates on the loans. We have to balance that. I can't mm-hmm. give out 30-year mortgages at 4% and then give people uh, 5% on their certificates. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You can't you pay the bills. balance your budget just yeah. like we're all balancing right. our budget. You can't pay the bills that way, you know. So we get in a room every other week or so. Um, there is a uh, committee, and we look at... Um, competitive rates in the community. Mm-hmm. We look at other banks and other credit unions and um, we look at what our what our rates currently are. We compare to make sure that we're, that's the first thing we do is to make sure that we're in the ballpark, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then we look at, we actually keep a list of our members and what they say. If they take money from the credit union or they bring money in, we look at what their reason was, okay? Oh. And we say, Oh, boy, we see a lot of people leaving because of this. Or, oh, we've gotten a lot of new money in this particular area. Um, We talk to our front office people and we say, you know, what are you hearing from the members? And they'll, you know, they'll come back and they'll say, well, there's a special at so-and-so or, you know, no. This is really important to them to have this, whatever. Okay. Yep. So we take all that into account. Um, And then we look at our balance sheet and we determine, you know, is there something we can do? Is there something we can offer to, you know, to make our members happy, basically. Are our rates competitive? And, um, you know, are they fair? And that's how we do it. I mean, it's not real scientific. So now credit unions, is it true that you're more seen as like a non-for-profit? You work for the members. Correct. As opposed to? Shareholders. Yeah. So do they follow the same process that you guys are following? Yeah, I would think so. I would think they have a similar process. Okay. You know, particularly local, locally, you know, you're talking about local institutions, you know, they have to look and make sure that they're competitive locally as well. Okay. I don't know that they're. Um, Whose best interest is at heart correct. is really the. I mean, when we look at the difference. rates, the credit unions are usually at the top of the heap. You know, we're, okay. we're more likely to be the credit unions are usually have the better rates. OK. Now, the banks on occasion can afford to do something you know, that, 
you know, they're, they're much bigger institutions generally. So they okay. might be able to put a special out, something to tease, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but, but overall, if you were to look at the day to day rates, you're going to find a much better, okay. you're going to find a much better mix at a credit union. Now, when you're trying to make a decision of where to go to and who to get your loan out with, when you, let's say, specifically buying a car, mm-hmm. because that is the one time that you will probably, right, a mortgage and a car yep. are the two loans that you will have to take out yep. uh, sometime in your life. What happens behind the scenes when, you know, you go to the dealer and they say, okay, let me let me price out some rates for you and come back with the best one, mm-hmm. as opposed to you going out and doing that? What I find interesting is so many people go to a dealer and they say, here's what I can pay. This is what I want my payment to be. Mm -hmm. I want my payment to be $300 a month. And then that dealer does whatever it is they can do to get you into a car and finance it and get you that payment. To me, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, the first thing someone should do is determine what... They want to pay for a car. What is this particular car worth? Okay, so you have to do your homework up front. Mm-hmm. Then you then once you've determined that, then the dealer goes back and they look at all the institutions they have that mm-hmm. they work with that will finance vehicles. And it's based on the person who's sitting there, their customers, credit score, you know, what their payment what they want their payment to be, et cetera. And then they put them into a loan, they oh, get okay. paid for setting up that finance. They're the middleman that's getting a piece of They're it. They're the middleman that's okay. getting a piece of it. But do they get a better rate because they utilize and go to that lender more frequently or no? It's not like the bulk oh, rate kind of deal. No. Or, hey, we'll Mm-mm. offer. No, the, but the dealers work with certain, financial institutions work with certain dealers, basically, but they work with many. Okay, so there's many financial institutions that will give them rates. Um, you know, and, and there are different things. They can get more if it's a bigger loan or, you know, there's all different kinds of. Um, okay. Yeah. You know what? A financial institution could go to a dealer and say, hey, we'll give you an extra 25 basis points for loans in this category. Or, basis you know, points. What's that mean? Oh, sorry. No, see, this is <laughs> yeah, good. This yeah, is good. Yeah, 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 throw yeah, this, throw yeah. this lingo out right. so we know what it means. So like instead of a 4% rate, a 4.25. Ah. 25 basis points. Those are oh. basis points. That's what we call them. Okay. Yes. Oh, God, I feel... Yes. Okay. There you go. Okay, okay. I like this. There's and this is term. okay for you to talk about... I mean, we are being so candid right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a hidden... It shouldn't uh, be. No. I We're mean, the consumer. Right. We should know. You should know. You should know that when you go to a dealer, the dealer's... The, whatever rate you're getting... Yeah. The dealer's getting a some little part piece of, of that. It. Right. They're okay. going to get some piece of that. And And let's be honest. They should... I mean, they're giving us business, so they should get paid for that. And they're I giving us that. the convenience of doing and the you're shopping get, the around. the members getting okay. the convenience of going right there. Yep. All right. Now, let's talk about, not too much, because I know we can go down a rabbit hole with this one. When the government determines the rates, when you hear it in the news, oh, the interest rate is, or we're raising the rate, or are they raising the rate? What does that really mean? Okay. <laughs> we're going to go very simplistic on this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the Federal Reserve sets the Fed funds rate, okay? They do that based on economic factors, you know, inflation, which is the cost of goods going up, right? They do it based on um, employment numbers, 
so they can control what's going on in the economy by setting this Fed funds rate. Once they set this Fed fund, if they increase the Fed funds rate by 25 basis points, mm-hmm. okay, then banks who lend to corporations, right? So banks borrow from one another. Okay. And then banks also lend to big corporations, okay? And that rate that they use for that is called the prime rate, okay? So the banks set the prime rate off of the Fed funds rate. So when you hear, oh, the Fed raised the rate, that's the Fed funds rate. Then banks raise the prime rate. So you've probably heard the prime is going Mm -hmm. up 25 basis points, right? And then that, in turn, impacts all the financial institutions because as banks are borrowing from one another, right, that rate has now gone up 25 basis points or down, whatever. Mm -hmm. So then that impacts how we set rates. It also impacts what what we refer to are the variable rate loans because very often you have a you have a a loan say a HELOC a home equity line of credit and they say it's based on prime so that means that how we set the rate for the HELOC loan is we take prime whatever prime is okay and we add three percent. So if prime is 1%, so now remember with the Fed set the Fed funds, then the then the bank set the corporate borrowings, mm-hmm. the prime rate, mm-hmm. and then financial institutions set rates based on that prime rate. Okay. So if that prime rate goes up to 2%, then the HELOC loan goes up 2%. Okay. Okay. And that happens every time prime so that's where a variable rate loan gets impacted by prime. That's how we are all affected. Consumers are affected by that. But when the feds do raise the rates, that just means we have a healthy economy. So it's almost. Yeah, it's, you, you know, almost what? It are is. like, oh, OK, it's a healthy economy. That's a good thing. Yep. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. Yeah, right. It is. You know, when they they don't want to raise it too fast. You know, it's all. Yeah. A, you know, now that gets scientific. That gets yeah. scientific. They don't want to raise it too quickly because then that stops people from borrowing. But but yeah. I, but right now the economy is is going well. Unemployment's low. Inflation hasn't really happened. Um, but they will continue to raise prime. I believe they they're predicting a couple more times this year. So okay, we'll we'll see. But everybody who has a variable rate loan tied to prime, they will see those increase every time the prime goes up. Okay, now what what loans typically are variable versus fixed, and what loans do we have an option, and which way should we go if we do? Okay. Um, well, I can't say that because I don't have a crystal ball to know oh, whether rates okay. are going up and down. But um, Are you sure you don't have a crystal ball, I'm Pam? pretty <laughs> sure. I wish I did many times, believe me. Um, a lot of rates. Uh, mortgages. Mortgages can be variable rate or fixed. We have over the last 10 years or so, most people have gone into fixed rate fixed mortgages. Rate. I feel like it's that's so what low. I see more. Yeah. yeah they're so, okay. Rates are so low. But at a time when rates are, if, if mortgage rates are 12%, you know, they're going to offer a variable rate that starts at seven, then it might be a better, it uh, might be a better okay. option. Okay. You so know? that has nothing to do with how much money you have or your credit whether you choose fixed or variable or does it? Well, it can. It can because what what happened a lot in the um, in the 2008 there 
is people who couldn't afford these big mortgages, you know, were getting in these loans at, at say, low rates, you know, but then when rates go up, can they still afford that ah, loan? Okay. Okay. Because those rates go up, payment gets bigger, can you still afford it? So so it does it does get impacted by what you can afford. Okay. Sure. So if you're looking to buy a house now though, you would suggest let's uh, yeah. Let's yeah, lean towards the fixed rate. You'd most likely go. They're still under five percent and that's a really great rate for us. Oh my god, that is so funny to say under five percent. Don't you remember buying your first house? My sister and I cheered for eleven percent. Or we got it down to nine or something yeah, like that. It exactly. was it was a lot. Exactly. Compared to imagine? what we're paying now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So why would anybody go variable at this point? Unless they have to. You know, there, yeah. are, there are reasons why you may have to. Okay. Uh, credit cards. Most credit cards are now variable rate. Home equity loans. Variable, there are a lot of variable rate home equity loans. You know, shorter term loans generally are not... Uh, variable. You don't usually go with a, if you have a three-year car loan, you're not going to go with a variable rate. It, you know, it doesn't really make sense because rates aren't going to swing. Yeah. Generally, yeah. rates right. are not going to swing so, so differently. Okay. Um, student loans are all variable rate. Oh, mm. student loans. That gives you a pit in your stomach, yes. doesn't it? Sorry to say those words, but yes, student loans are generally variable rate loans. What should we know about a HELOC loan? When do you advise it? When do you say, oh, maybe you should if you have the equity in your home, so the equity in your home is the difference between what you've borrowed for your mortgage and what the value of the home is. So okay. that's equity. That's money that if you sold your home, you'd get that money. Okay. You'd have that money to use. So if you have the equity in your home to get a HELOC and use it for, if you want to make improvements in your home, or a lot of people use it for, for student loans, it's inexpensive. You know, the rate is generally lower for a HELOC. Okay. Um, it can be a great option for people. If you people. really need the money. If you if you need the money. I mean... But then your house is tied your house to, is tied to it. this loan. It is. That's true. Um, but if you have to borrow the money anyway, you know, mm. you're getting a much lower rate. I think the, the key to all of borrowing to me is to be a disciplined person. And to make, you know, if if you're disciplined and you can make your payments, you know, I, I think you you can make. Then it's okay. Then you take can advantage make good of decisions. these. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think HELOC loans, they really can be a, a blessing and a savings for some people. Yeah. I think the one thing I feel like people see HELOC loans, and this is just based on feedback that we've been getting too, just as, hey, there's another opportunity to get some more money. Mm. to buy things that we want want instead of need. that's where it really yeah. comes down to. And every time we bring in a new person that sits in that chair, they say the same thing. You got to really be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Is this a want or a need? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's for sure. I mean, anybody can get a hold of money for, you know, wants, but is that the right decision? And we will you know? justify our wants as needs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we certainly <laughs> like do. Like I thought we? I really needed a new kitchen and I love my kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> Dad, I needed a need. new kitchen. Now, Sandy, there's one where I would say, you know, you have to, you know, someday your home is going to, you're going to sell your home probably and you have to keep keep up with, you have to make them um, appealing to buyers. So, you know, if you know you're going to get that equity out of the home, that's, that's what you have problem. to be. Yeah, you know that's a that's a good decision. Now, if you can't afford to take a cruise and you put you know fifteen grand on your home equity to take a cruise, do people do that? Oh God, yes. 
Oh, they do. Oh, sure. 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 Yes. Because they need a vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of those people and you're listening right now, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to tell you, yeah. don't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing about the HELOCs and the home equities is they are no longer tax deductible. The interest you pay, they that used to be tax deductible. So if you were buying a car and the rate was going to be 4% on the car loan or the home equity loan was going to be close to that, you might have put your car loan, borrowed from the HELOC to pay for the car because it was tax deductible. But that is no longer true. That, okay. That As of when? continued this year. Oh, this year. Oh, that's really new yeah, then. That is pretty new. Oh, yes. okay. So oh, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up then. So that's the other thing now. Home equity loans are no longer. Uh, okay. Is there anything else that I am missing when it comes to the basics of what we should know about loans and interest rates? Mm. And do you feel like we covered everything that we should know? I mean, there's I, so much, I'm there's sure, so much. but if we're going to so talk much. basics, just yep. so you feel yep. armed and ready when you're going to, you know, yeah. sign up um, for a new credit card or take yeah, out a loan. I think just ask, ask questions. No, when you go for the, particularly for the cars, I, I just think that people should have a lot more knowledge going in. And, and the reason I'm saying this is I, my daughter is in her late twenties and, um, all her friends talk to me about banking and so forth, and I'm amazed at what they don't they don't understand. Um, for instance, here's another issue that comes yeah. up: they'll buy a car and drive it for a while, and then they don't like it anymore. But when they go to turn it in, the, the loan amount they owe still is higher than the value of the vehicle. The dealer says that's okay because we'll just roll it into your next loan. So not only are you paying for the car that you're driving currently, now you've rolled in money from the previous vehicle. The car that you're not even driving. Correct. Because you blurred the lines of need versus want. Correct. Mm. I have to have this new fancier car. And yep, I know I still owe on that other one, but that's okay. And that's a big thing too. We got to talk to our kids about this. Like you said that you're talking to your daughter's friends. Yes. Yes. And trying to help them make better decisions on this. Well, here's one thing. I think consumers need to educate themselves. Yeah. I do. I, I feel like we all say, oh, the banks take advantage. Well, I'm, I'm coming at you from a, from a financial institution, and it is not our mission to take advantage. We want to help you make the best mm-hmm. decisions possible. And we will talk to you and educate you and answer any questions. We'll do that until we're sure you understand. But you have to want to ask those questions. You want to have to... You know, you have to want to um, hear that message. It yeah. may not always be the message people want to hear. They don't want to hear that they can't get that new car. Well, they want to get that new car. Yeah. And I think it does uh, go back to how we started this. Uh, you're scared to ask those questions because you, Maybe. F- you yep. should know by now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The people that work in our offices are just people like they're just consumers, just like everybody else. Happy to answer these questions. They all, they know, they, the only reason they know more is because they work in a financial institution. Uh, yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't know it either. So they're happy to work with customers or anyone who would like some more information. That's what we have to do. We have to have a voice and just speak yep. up and, yep. and ask the questions. And Absolutely. hopefully maybe this podcast helped you yeah. answer some of those questions that you're embarrassed that you don't know the answer to. I hope so. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Pam Rickey, Controller, Director at Family First Credit Union, 34 years in the financial industry. 
All right, next week on the podcast, it may seem like forever from now, but it is something that we need to think about. We are going to help you put your plan in place for retirement and help you maximize your talent when that sweet, glorious retirement day comes around. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and telling a friend about the Seven Figures podcast. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. 